to down your unders. Down your unders. Review and dissection of content from some of the sharpest minds in the game. Hosted by Adam Camilleri. Art of War. Down Under. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this episode 51 of the Art of War Down Under podcast. My name, as always, is Adam Camilleri. I'm joined by my... Uh, my brother from the Imperial Mother, Mr. John Lennon himself. How you doing, mate? What's up, what's up? It is always good to talk to a fellow guard, scion, dark angel, everything but admec player. Yeah, exactly right. I saw my admec like about a month pre-codex. Tiny oh. twinge of regret, and then a hell of a lot of self-satisfaction, because now I get to hang. I no longer play that army. I get to hang on everybody. Uh, but we are here to talk about the Imperium portions of the new um, Kakaradon book, the Book of Fire, whatever it is. So that, that being this Katari veteran cohort and the uh, Order of Our Martyred Lady supplement. But before we start on that, I need to tell you guys a little bit about this podcast. This is a two-part podcast. Almost at a, a year of age, which is episode 51, that's 51 almost consecutive weeks, I think we took one week off over Christmas, so we're pretty much two weeks away from our birthday, um, but I'm going to celebrate it on episode 52 just because it makes it nice and easy. And uh, please, in the comments or whatever, send it in, what should we do for the birthday episode? Who should I have on? Um, really interested to see what, hear what you guys want me to do with that. Uh, but apart from that, this is a two-part podcast. You can find the other port, part of this over on Patreon or over on theartofwar40k.com, where you can find the part two of this podcast in addition to the part two of the wonderfully curated and long-standing flagship Art of War uh, podcast and the brand new Art of War Unbroken, which is wonderfully created by Blake Law. So that's an interesting, we've got this interesting uh, dichotomy of the, the trio going on. You can go and buy a single bundle, one click bundle to get the part twos and the early access to all three of those podcasts. Um, but it's kind of this interesting trio we've got going on. So we've got um, Art of War, the flagship, you know, which which talks to the tournament winners, the people who are being successful in the game at the moment, you know, straight right finger on the pulse stuff. And then we have me kind of reviewing the stuff before people use it or get to use it. And then we have Blake who gets the people who don't quite make it to the top of the hill, you know, stuck on the side of Everest, hoping they get their next chance to go to the top. Um, and so we've got this real kind of uh, linear system going. It's pretty cool. We've got some more spaces for people to jump in if anyone's going to need crazy ideas for other podcasts for the competitive 40K network. There's my Siegler segue of the day. But Mr. Lennon, tell us a little bit about Art of War. What do you do? What do you have to do with it? And tell people a bit about some of the perks of the War Room. Absolutely. So I am both one of the coaches for the Art of War and one of the uh, co-hosts for the Art of War podcast. Uh, for the Art of War, we uh, we stream on YouTube twice a week for games. That's every uh, Tuesday and Thursday at uh, 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Then we do paint streams every Monday and Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time again. Uh, in the War Room, however, we have everything you want to get better at Competitive 40K while joining a wonderful worldwide network of like-minded players. We have a great community there in the War Room. We do uh, about six clinics every week where uh, two of the coaches will sit down, answer your live questions, and go over various topics from reviewing the meta, uh, hammering out math, you know, how to play Admech Space Marines. We change up the clinic topics every week to keep things fresh, cover all of our bases. As well, we have our fantastic coaching games where two of the other coaches will sit down, play a very in-depth competitive game, break down all the details, all the decision-making, give you all of the tips for how to get better at competitive 40K. It's wonderful stuff. And of course, as Adam has mentioned, at uh, The Art of War, we do interview uh, winners and undefeated players and otherwise successful blokes from various tournaments. We talk about uh, 
how they've been doing, you know, some of the most competitive lists in the in the game right now and what makes them tick. There's absolutely fantastic content. Some of the, you know, there's a gentleman like um, John, like Nick Nardavani, like Siegel, who definitely inspired me to get more competitive, get more involved with content creation as well. So please go on and support them if it is all your purview. Uh, but talking a little bit about this episode, part one, we're going to review the content, the Imperium content from uh, the Book of Fire. And in part two of this one, we're going to be talking about list construction using these brand new rules. We're going to talk, you know, what do the new AdMech lists look like? Is this stuff worth using at the top level? Where do you where do you use it? Where do you leave it? What tech to take with it? The same could be said for the Order of Martyr Lady Supplement as well. How do these things adjust? And what is the best way to make use of the stuff that's coming out of these? Uh, but I wanted to talk a little... I actually left us a little bit of a note here to talk about the meta at the moment because I feel like... Well, it's, ob it's obvious these are the two latest codexes, and when you have a codex that comes out and hits the meta very hard, and then they get a supplement, there seems to be a generalist or a hy hyperbolic knee-jerk reaction that is sometimes unwarranted and sometimes entirely warranted. John, what are your thoughts on this? Well, uh, before you read this, and I, have, I haven't read through all these rules yet either, I've just had a quick cursory glance. Um, what were your thoughts going into this before we even started? Uh, honest to goodness, I'm just a little bit disappointed by the fact that, um, well, quite frankly, I'm a little disappointed that all of these darn supplements are the same as the codexes coming out. It felt like in past editions, we would get a couple of codexes and the armies that were maybe suffering mm. or a little flat yeah. would get supplements if they didn't have a codex coming soon. And, you know, for me, I look at there's a lot of armies that are doing pretty decent right now. And then there's Tyranids, who admittedly did just get a campaign announced, so hopefully they're getting something good there. But okay, Gene Thurkel, Tau, I hate to admit this, Craft World Eldar. Mm -hmm. um, there's mm -hmm. a couple of armies that could use either a codex or a supplement, and it feels like because GW is giving some armies their codex and campaign at the same time, yeah. half the armies are double dipping, and half of them are are just like you know lounging for scraps right now. So yeah, I wish but, that they had just flipped this order, given half the armies their codex and the other half their campaign, and then later on those guys get their codex and the, the first codex is get a campaign. Exactly them. right, and that that makes more sense, doesn't it? So you you bring up the the a code, you bring up a faction to the new specifications of the edition, then you patch fix something else to try and bridge the gap for that player base, and then you do the reverse side on the back end of the edition. That makes a hell of a lot of sense to me, especially when you said it out loud. Uh, and yeah, that's obviously not what they're doing, but I'm kind of onto a different thing of what they're doing at the moment, what J-Dub's doing. I'm just going to put it out there. I feel like they're trying to make every faction really well fleshed out. And I'm, and I'm saying that in the fact that I feel like just about every faction that's come out in 9th edition has the option to play a Horde army, the option to play an MSU army, and the option to play something in the middle. And uh, those being the three main archetypes, and of course there's Mechanized, of course there's all the other things as well. But the fact that, you know, every every army that has come out has some version of a 20-man brick. And those versions are all, you know, various levels of good. <laughs> when Necrons came out, that 20-man unit of Necron Warriors with the 5-plus Invulnerable save was absolutely fearsome. It has yeah. dropped off a hell of a cliff lately. Um, and the same can be said for the 20-man Sisters units, which were kind of still yet to be determined how efficient they can be but man 20 man unit i can tell you 20 man units of um of sky ranged in vanguard are possibly the best unit in the game right now especially the best obsec unit in the game right now and i think things like racks and witches in 20 man or larger than 10 man units i've gone by the wayside and people should probably have a look at those again because i think there's a lot there that people are missing but john what do you think about that statement oh, um, sorry that, you know other that, than that g-dub's trying <laughs> to make things well every, every faction well fleshed out i 100 agree i mean honestly every ninth edition codex has had uh, Necrons may be the exception, but almost every uh, ninth edition book has had incredible depth. And even Necrons had multiple very different competitive builds when they came out. They just kind of aged a little poorly relative to some other books. 
But every Ninth Edition Codex on release, I have been thrilled by purely on the basis of what does it do for this faction. Yeah. Every single one has been it. Um, so I I get it, and I think and I I don't right now it looks bad honestly, mm. and there's possible that it's possible we can give GW a bit of an out because COVID supply lines blah 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 blah. Like if we got this admec you know situation we're in right now, and they and then we got sisters two weeks later and orcs two weeks later. And Granites and Thousands two weeks later, and please, dear God, a Tyranids two weeks after that, maybe, <laughs> please. Um, th- then maybe it's okay. And I get it. The delays have made it more agonizing because we're just sitting in Drukhari land. Mm. Um, I don't. I don't know. I don't know how it was intended to come out, but ha- the way it has come out uh, doesn't feel great for the Hasnots. It's it's genuinely getting to the level. Well, we'll see what the 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 flow on from admech is a lot of people and having played them now i haven't played them myself and having watched a hell of a lot of games hell even shoutcasted some games of them i think they're a problem i think they're going to stay a problem for quite a while i can't they're not they're not a faction that gets fixed um with any single rule change like you know there isn't a there isn't an unlimited attack uh succubus that we can point a finger at and say that's what's wrong here this is a, a holistic book built on extremely powerful mechanics almost across the board so either everyone needs to come up to that level or we start need, we really need to start lopping the tops off these trees and uh let, <laughs> letting everybody else uh, get a bit of that canopy um but despite my you know illustrious <laughs> metaphors we need to start talking about some of the content of this book for those uh following along at home if you're listening to this next week after the book has come out or you've managed to get a, a preview copy yourself and you want to just go over this with us uh we're starting from page 64 and that page is this Qatari veteran cohort now i'm going to hit the i'm going to touch on all the restrictions and then we'll talk about it and i'll get john to read over the benefits and we'll talk about those but uh the restrictions here um this is an army of renown we all should be quite familiar about what the t's and c's on that are already but all units in your army must be guitar units with the following exceptions your army can include one tech priest dominus one tech priest manipulus one tech priest engineer and one techno archaeologist model note that these models uh this means your army can include one of each of these specified models um then it goes on to say all units in your army must be drawn from the same forge world. Each detachment in your army must be at least, sorry, include at least one Skatari Marshal model, and then your warlord must be a Skatari Marshal. I find that very interesting that they, they're saying that Skatari Marshal is the top of the food chain for that, and it's not the Dominus or the Manipulus, but I suppose the Marshal is like the military mind of the Skatari. Um, but there's a couple of stuff there. Like you can have, only have one of each of these HQs per detachment, and everything in your army has to be a Skatari. Tell us a little bit about this, John. Is this a, is this a big handicap in the scheme of things? I mean, it could be, but uh, the way these units have panned out, no. Uh, we saw the cult mech, um, you know, uh, specialist detachment army of renown in the last book in uh, you know mm. part one of uh, Wars on Caradon, and in that one it was you can only take the cult mechanicus units. Yeah, and so a lot of people thought that the Skitari cohort cohort would be you can only take Skitari units, but they gave them that HQ exception, which admittedly probably makes the army function a little bit better but the Mm. downside is it makes the army function a lot better so it it really feels like you're removing the tax what this basically says if you're a competitive minded admin player right now is that you cannot take elector priests in your veteran cohort pretty much that's what i was about to say now okay it also bans the servitors that aren't poor that no one was taking it also bans the casted robots that are one of the worst one of the few few misses in the admin codex you're not really missing that uh, it bans servitors and it bans like Datalosis and like X101, but a couple of fringe choices at best that were cute for mission play, but wholly unnecessary. All of those things are not okay. Like, all right, so not mm. those, but you know, whatever. But right? it's it's not like it's even a core. It's like it's even a third of the of the 
the options in the book that are banned to you. It's literally like four. <laughs> it's like four if you things were you to can't ask make. me, if you were to ask me to pick the best, I think I think I could go as deep as seven or eight. If you were to ask Before me to, to pick one the best unit. eight units. Hmm. In the Adamet Codex, if you would ask me before this came out, I think all eight of the ones I would have picked are going to be legal in the Skatari Veteran cohort. Yeah, I believe so too. That's your service raiders, sulfur hounds. Uh, you know, both units of units of Tra- rust stalkers, raiders, yeah, both units yeah. of Taraxi, both the the freaking tanks, the toaster tanks, the transport, and yeah, the toaster the, tanks. The tra- honestly, yeah. I bet I can go top ten. I bet the top ten, hundred percent. Maybe, maybe priests are the only thing that's like a real. Yeah. This was a competitive yeah. option. But Admech has tools, so it, it, this isn't a limit at all. Really. All right, tell this us about the benefits. Tell us about all the right, benefits. So, talking about the benefits, um, all Skatari units in your army gain the Skatari Veteran Cohort keyword. Okay. You have access to the Skatari Veteran Cohort Warlord Traits, Relics, and Stratagems. Sure. All the Skatari Ranger units in your army must be upgraded to Skatari Ranger Veteran units, and all of the Skatari Vanguard units in your army must be upgraded to Skatari Vanguard Veteran units. So, That's- simple. Yeah. You have Easy. to do an upgrade, which we'll talk about in a second, for both of your troops. And then you gain keywords and you gain stratums. And you, so you'd, mm. you'll have a warlord in here, obviously. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it, it says what you would expect it to say, really. You, you get the stuff. Exactly right. Um, now, jumping over, to, we'll hit on the um, Skatari, the, the Ranger veterans uh, first, and then we'll talk about the Vanguard vets. But to quickly encapsulate this, this is a you know a points upgrade akin to upgrading your Cabalot Warriors to Trueborn. You know, blood brides, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You pay two points per model, and for every ten models in the unit, you increase the power by one. And that becomes important when we start talking about some of these uh, stratagems, which are exceptionally powerful, and they go up depending on your power. Um, but the for your Skatari Rangers takes you from eight points per model to ten points per model. But for those two points, you get plus one attack, plus one leadership. You're going from having a six plus uh, invulnerable save to having a five plus invulnerable save. And then they have this other rule attached to them called stealth optimization. Each time a ranged attack is made against this unit, this unit receives the benefits of light cover. Um, if this unit makes a normal move, advances or falls back during your movement phase, it loses this ability till the start of your next movement phase. And so you have light cover if you don't move, essentially. Um, and not including the... Uh, I believe there's a specific thing in here that says it does not include the scout move you make pre-game, because naturally it's made before the start of turn one. Uh, but yeah, what do you think of those right off the bat, mate? And is that a good two-point investment, do you think? Um, two-point investments, I think it's solid without being an immediate broken auto include just on the merits of this. Two, so, I mean, if you look at a 20-man brick, 40 points for a 5-up invuln is... a. Li- if you were to just ask me would I pay 40 points for a 5-up invuln, I think the answer is no, if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. But it's still not bad. It's not out of the question. Um, the real nice part is if you go second, you just have light cover on your rangers. Exactly right. That, that's, a, that's my fault as well. And you get to, you get to it, save that turn of Shroud Psalm as well. You know you, you don't to, need a turn one. You get to save Shroud Psalm if you are Admech, or if you're yep. Mars. And if you're not Mars, you get access to something that previously you had to literally toe cover to get. Exactly so right. It, it's a pretty decent buff here for our other Rangers. It doesn't feel absolutely broken in the context of what we already have, but it, it's a nice, it's a good, it's a good choice here. Uh, yeah, moving I, I on to the Vanguard. Solid. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, yeah, there you go. Moving on to the Vanguard, they have a very similar wording. Uh, similarly, they do add one to the leadership and attacks characteristics of models in this unit. Uh, they pay two points uh, the same way as the Rangers do. And um, the same thing, enhanced bionics, they get the 5 open vulnerable save. The real thing is, though, the unique thing, skirmish optimization. Each time an advanced roll is made for this unit, roll one additional d6 and discard one of the dice. Each time the unit is targeted by a weapon with a blast roll, uh, this unit never counts as containing six or more models when determining how many attacks are made with that weapon. 
So instead Whoa. of light cover, they are immune to blast and they advance a little bit better. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I think that's a good two points personally. I think that yeah, the five up invul immune to blast is that's, the immune, the extra d6 nice. on the advance is just like nice. Maybe if you take two units of Vanguard once or twice per game, that's going to make a big difference. But um, legitimately, never getting targeted by that's a unique ability. No one else has that ability to do that. To my knowledge of the game, I have not seen that yet. That is zero people have that, and which makes it a unique thing. Especially, I was thinking of like how do I manage to take out all these guys, and one of the things I was looking at was things like. You know, somehow giving Ignore's cover to Wyvern, somehow scratching my brain, trying to get other term T's and C's. Plasma Inceptors is another popular choice for people, even though they're quite difficult to wield um, yeah. with the 18 inch range. But this just kind of turns that on its head. Do you think this is the one, this is the better of the two, or do you think they're just equal, same, same? I think they're equal, frankly, because you're going to have one, you're going to have at least one of each unit in most competitive admic lists. Yeah. Therefore, if the blast will go into the Rangers. And the ignore cover, and like, and you know, ignore cover will go into rangers. Like you can usually work around it one way or another. Um, they're both strong. Neither of them are on their own merits overpowered, mm. uh, and they are both mandatory. Should be pointed out. This is not yeah. a may like Cabalite Trueborn. This is a must. If you take mm. this army, every single vanguard and ranger in your army is paying these upgrades. I feel like that's the question of the buy-in as well. Is this going to is the because you, you, the restrictions to my mind aren't true restrictions unless you no. are wholeheartedly in love with the Castellan robots and your Lecto priests. Otherwise, they're not they're not true restrictions to my mind for for what the, no. the top the best lists in the game really are. And so it's really about min-maxing the how many points you're willing to pay for this because this this is a thing you have to pay points for. Unlike other. Um, Army of Renown, they don't they don't mandate mandate you take points. They mandate you take different units. This one is mandating both, and so you, people can see that as a as a you know a double down rather than you know it's yeah. a double down as in a double negative. But uh, it is a trade off. Really, yeah, it's a trade off, and you kind of get to determine if this trade's worth it for you. Yeah, hundred percent. I I personally think it is. I'm not sure what those units are yet. I don't I don't know if this is worth it when you're taking a hundred of these troop choices because then you're talking about like 200 extra points onto your army or, more, or is that, it is 200 yeah it's 200 extra points mm-hmm. um and at that point it starts to feel a bit bad you, you take you went from you know it, it being two third like a third of your army or just just over 30 army to actually being legitimately half your army that can that can feel pretty awkward especially when you have to buy the obliquitous you know couple of marshals couple of manipulators couple of dominuses or whatnot uh but anyway moving on there's only a couple of warlock traits here do you want to tell us about it mate I was going to say, I'm only aware of one here. So here we go. It is Calculate Without Diversion. And while this Warlord is on the battlefield, um, let's see. Uh, once per battle, if the Protector Imperative is active for your army, if you use the Binaric Offense Stratagem, see below, until the end of that phase, that stratagem costs one fewer command points to use to a minimum of zero CP. Next up. So there, there are four stratagems, FYI, and this is going to relate to these four stratagems. Uh, once per battle, if the Conquer Imperative is active yep. for your army, if you use the Aggression Override Stratagem, uh, then that costs one fewer CP to a minimum of zero. Once per battle, you can sense the theme here. If the Bulwark yep. Imperative yep. is active for your army, <laughs> if you use the Biotic Endurance Stratagem, see below, one less CP, minimum zero. Yep. And you know what? You can probably guess it, but sure. Once yep. per battle, if the Aggressor, that's the last one, Imperative is active for your army, if you use the Expedited uh, Purge Protocol Stratagem, the last Stratagem, uh, until the end of that phase, the stratagem costs one fewer CP to use to a minimum of zero. So 
Yeah. So basically, you have four doctrines, yep. your imperatives. While each of the four is active for the army, not for a unit, this is going to matter later. While it's active for the army, one of the four stratagems unique to this army of renown is one fewer CP for the battle round. So, um, no, it's, it's once per battle. It's once per battle. Yeah, so yeah. once in the battle round, the, the imperative is active, that strat's going to cost one less. So, so let's you hold time up your. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, so it actually takes a bit of doing to line all these up, doesn't it? Because you've got to use the right, you have to be in the right um, doctrina and have and use and line up the strat to be used at the same time, which isn't as hard as it seems, but it's it's not it's not an intuitive thing to do. You won't just intuitively just do yeah. this and get benefit out of it. You have to think about it, right? This feels like yet another case of Admech choosing the most complicated way to get an effect. <laughs> and it's not and it's not bad. This no. is not a bad no. warlord trait. But yet again, it feels like there were four different ways to get two or three CPs back over the course of the game, and they chose the most complicated way to do it. <laughs> Who would have thought it would almost be thematic as well? Look, I think yeah. once we once we talk about these strats and stuff, you'll see that there probably is a little bit of power here. I'm not sure how good it is, but maybe we'll come back to this after we've talked about the stratagems and we'll get a better sense of the the how well this is going to be wielded. Um, that makes sense, yeah? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so I'll jump over. We'll talk about the relic, then we'll hit the, the strats. So this one is called uh, Cantic Thrallnet. In your command phase, you can select one friendly Skatari veteran cohort core unit within nine of this model, or you can select one friendly Skatari veteran cohort data tether unit anywhere on the battlefield. Then select one Doctrina imperative. Until the start of your next command phase, that Doctrina imperative is active for that unit, even if that has been active for your army already during this battle. Selecting a Doctrina imperative with this rule does not prevent you from selecting it to be active for your army in subsequent battle rounds. If a unit has a rule that allows it to ignore um, depreciation effects of the currently active Doctrina, that rule only applies to one of the Doctrine Imperatives that is active for this unit of your choice, in brackets. Uh, this is what brilliant... This is brilliant strategist, I believe, for Dark Angels. Essentially, it's an equivalent. Rather than using the um, the Doctrines, uh, you're using your um, Doctrinas, essentially. Yeah, it's like that, but it's somehow even better because there's no limit of when this Doctrine is active, you choose this. Yeah. Instead, yeah. it's choose the whichever one of the four you want, slap it on you in every turn. So you, you can... You can take the potent defensive buffs of Admech and just add to that a here's plus one save on one unit just okay. every turn. Or okay. plus one to hit on yep. one unit every game, every turn. Yep. It's like, man, and that is not, good. What's crazy about it is you're not locked into it every turn as well. You're not just choosing to go back from dev back to tactic so from tactical to dev, you know. You're choosing to go from one of these four things to another one of these four things every turn. Um very, very powerful, especially essentially like for those who don't understand what data tether and how that works, think of like how Vox works and how orders work for guardsmen. And you'll, it's pretty much around the same things that how this is going to be enacted. But I think this is possible. This is really, really good. This is possibly a, a reason for this to just take this by itself. If everything else in this is crap, this is almost worth it just for this. Yeah, I think I, I'm with you, by the way. Spoiler alert I think that the sum total choice here is that this detachment is worth taking. But this is one of the highlights for me. Mm, if I were playing Admech, this would be one of the things that I look at. And my eyes go wide. Is like, oh, one <laughs> of the best rules of the army, and I get to double up on it. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. And I, I, I'm not locked into only having it once anymore. Abur, well, this is good. And you know, usually you've, you have to take a warlord from this. Your warlord has to be from this cohort. Um, has to be a Skatari marshal. Slap it on him. Um, and then slapping the is it the is it no but it's a relic that gives them the real ones to wound isn't it? It is so the 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 thing that gives real ones to hit and wound because they naturally have the real ones to wound. Yep. The thing that double stacks it is also a relic. So because oh, no. this has to go up, um, 
So it does have to go on a Marshall, same as the Warlord trait, by the way. We didn't mention that. The Relic mm-hmm. and Warlord trait have to go on a Marshall, not just yeah. a character here. So theoretically, you might have to take two Marshalls if you really want to get maximum use out of this. Yep. I don't think that's a tremendous tax. The Marshall is a 45-point character. Me either. And you also have to have a Marshall in every detachment in your yeah. army. I, I, all that pretty much we're saying is that you're probably going to have to take two detachments. That's essentially right, yeah? To get you a yeah, big... You, but yeah, the thing is, I mean, you can, you can because Admech has some special rules, you can actually fit two marshals in a battalion pretty easily. But, you know, it, you'll, you'll make it happen if you want it. Um, it, I thought it, won't this, be, I th- it won't be hard. Didn't this detachment say you can only have one marshal per detachment? No, it says you have to have one. Oh, really? It doesn't say you can only have one? No, oh, no, you, you can have God. two if that's what you're in the mood for. Yeah, yeah, you uh, can absolutely bet. <laughs> Army can include one Dominus, one Manipulus, one Engency. You're right. You're absolutely right. Ah. Uh, Almost made almost made people make a hard choice here. <laughs> then like, not nah, easy choice. <laughs> uh, not, right. not to worry, no hard choices here. No hard choices. All right. Uh, tell us about this first stratagem. All right, let's do it. So uh, we have right here, what is it called? It's called Veneric Offense. Use the stratagem in your shooting phase. Select one enemy unit and two Skitari veteran cohort core units from your army. Until the end of the phase, models in those two Skitari units can only target that enemy unit. And only if the enemy unit is uh, an eligible target for those attacks. Each time a model in one of those two Skatari units makes a ranged attack, add one to that attack's wound roll. So this is three command points. So pricey, mm-hmm. reference that Warlord trait we mentioned earlier. So it could cost two during what, the one turn you have the right doctrine now. Yep. But three CP, two different units, plus one to wound against an enemy. Yeah, and I feel like this is the best, this is the easiest one to get mileage out of that Warlord trait on. So like if you legitimately do you pick your doctrina after you find out who goes first and who goes second yeah you pick your doctrina at the beginning of the battle round that's it yeah so that's before the role for, for that yeah that's after the role for first and second yeah yeah, yeah. And, and you don't yeah, have yeah. to preset it like yeah. like necrons so, do you just you pick it beginning of the battle round like switching so, doc, like switching from tactical to assault exactly so you're going first you pick the shooting doctrina you, you spend two cp on this rather than three Two of your best units uh line up shots and off, off you go to the races um yes this, they will also be plus one to hit and yeah, plus one to wilderness in that exa- example. Exactly what I was about to say, mate, because it's off its guts at that point. I think this is a very good, it's a very good, exceptionally good 2CP strat. 3CP, um, you got to really know you're going to get mileage out of it. you got to like kill a knight with yeah. your, a, a Mortarian with it, right? Yeah, I don't think that you're going to need this stratagem very often, but you know what? It's one of those strats that you're really glad when you've got it. Exactly right. Yeah, when you need it, you're going to you, be very happy about it. When you need it, this is a great strat. So... I wouldn't be complaining much. Uh, I don't think it's going to come up that often, though. But but it is yeah, very, again, when it yeah. does, it's going to feel real bad. <laughs> so, well, I actually, I actually feel like one of the best uses of this is in the mirror. If you want to guarantee yeah. two, two units of your ranges kills one unit of their ranges, bang, butter bing, done. Guaranteed. Um, you know, lock it in. Anyway, um, <laughs> next, next stratagem is aggressive override. Uh, aggression override, rather, is one CP. You just strategy him in the fight phase. Select one Skatari veteran cohort unit from your army that made a charge move this turn. Uh, till the end of the phase, add one to attacks characteristics of models in that unit. So plus one attack. Hmm. Where is there another unit that gets plus one that already has a plus one attack stratagem? Ah, it's the infiltrators and the rust stalkers. Plus two attacks for those seems pretty saucy. And you're already getting plus one attack on your rangers and your vanguard. And the vanguard give you minus one toughness in addition when they're in combat. There's a couple of layers here to this one that might make it pretty saucy. Yeah, this feels fantastic. I mean, mm. this is not an area that Admech needed help in, but more 
situational offensive stratagems are never bad because you don't Absolutely. have to use it. And when you want to use it, it is just there for you. Uh, yeah, the big, the really big thing here is um, it is on the charge, not when you are charged, which mm-hmm. would have, if it was when you were charged, I'd be even more. Uh, <laughs> Incredulous. Really, really good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. However, uh, just on face value here, uh, this strat is, uh, it can take a, uh, a rough stalker unit to um, about uh, 61 attacks on the charge, or you could take a unit of um, Rangers or Vanguard to 91 attacks on the charge. Uh, consider Vanguard, Oof. who could theoretically, you could tell them that this is the one turn that they really want to be uh, plus one weapon skill. Mm-hmm. And uh, then, of course, they just um, go in there with 91 attacks, make the opponent minus one toughness, and kill an ungodly amount of witches. How did they get to 91, mate? Uh, they're plus one. I'm sorry, not 91, 61. They're, there's 20 yeah. guys in the squad, yeah. not 30. Yeah. 20, yeah, 61 attacks. Still, still, that is uh, more attacks than I had interest in. <laughs> I was about to paint them, tell everybody then to paint them green. These are your new Orc boys. 91 attacks. Um, yeah, no, that it's still 61 attacks from this unit for you know 10 points of model in addition to the phenomenal debuffs they can bring, the phenomenal uh, offensive output in the shooting phase as well. Freaking yikes, man. Like, you remember what I said about... Um, I think you, you're I, even you. You said the same thing. Reason you know, Bloody Rose and Novok were so good for those things because you're taking a unit that couldn't do something, couldn't really function in one part of the game, and then well, re- well rounding them out to be good in every phase of the game. This is what this does. Of I think the, the the cohort, like sorry, the veteran upgrade plus this strat means that Rangers and Vanguard can just punch. They can just like twenty Vanguard charge five intercessors. You might just kill them. But, you know, that's not a thing they could have ever done before. Yeah, that before that was out of the question. Now it, it feels very much a possibility. And Vanguard are more dangerous to tag for the same reason. Yeah, they're literally double the offensive output if you tag them in combat. When you leverage a strat like this, and it just it gives the Atomic Army one extra dimension. And this is probably not a codex that needed an extra dimension. No, it didn't. But it, this is <laughs> this is where we are. This is what it has. hundred percent. All right, next one's yours, mate. All right, next one coming up is a bionic endurance uh use a stratagem in any phase when a model in a skataria veteran cohort core core unit from your army would lose a wound until the end of the phase uh each time you model that unit would lose a wound roll 1d6 on a five plus the wound is not lost if the unit has a power rating of 10 or more the stratagem costs three cp otherwise it costs two so file film pain reactively in any phase for a skatari core unit mm. Cost depends on the power level of the opponent. So this is why uh, it was important for us to point out that the power level goes up for every one by every ten models you have in your rangers and vanguard units when they are veterans. Um, <laughs> and so if you do have a unit of twenty um, vanguard vets, they are ten power rating. They would be eight if they weren't veterans, but they're ten because they are. But you know what? You know what is still eight? Your rust stalkers, your infiltrators, <sighs> your ponies, your taraxi, all those things like at ten mans are still only eight. And that's where I think the value is here. Those things. I'm glad. I'm glad you mentioned it before I had to. Because yep, that had to be mentioned. Absolutely, because they're all multi-win models. So you know, you get a double down on value from the mm-hmm. five plus. Um, they already have a five plus invulnerable save on a lot of those with the enhanced bionics. And so, yeah, they're just kind I actually. Of, I, I think mm. they all do at that point. I think at this point they all have a five up invulnerable. Yeah, it's, I think. I think all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, your whole army will pretty much have it. Here's an interesting one though. You could technically put this on five Ballastari for three CP. You could. If someone was putting the kind of offense in them that would make me want that, mm. yep, that that is an option that you should not forget you have. 
Yeah, I'm thinking of like if you got caught napping and someone did manage to get their like um, their Vanguard vets into combat with you or their plasma receptors managed to get within 18 inches and you're just like, oh, wow, I need to get a jail free card. Bang, slap those three CP down and, you know, maybe you lose half the squad or a third less than you were going to. Yeah, it, it can potentially be huge here, 100%. I think it's, and, I think it's uh, absolutely fearsome. I think it's absolutely fearsome. Again, I think all of these stratagems so far are ones that you don't need to use that often, but when you do, they're fantastic utility. Yeah, agree. So it's just going to feel good for that. When when you get to pull it off, it's going to feel great. Yeah, 100%. Um, all right, last one. This is Expedite Purge Protocol, 1CP. Is a stratagem in your movement phase when a Skatari veteran cohort core unit, excluding vehicle units from your army, advances. That unit is eligible to clear a charge even this turn, even though it advanced. If that unit is a Skatari or Skatari veteran, sorry, Skatari ranger or Vanguard veteran unit, um, this strat costs 1CP, otherwise it costs 2CP. Uh, this is another really, really, really good strat. Um Cult, did I, Cult of Strife, did I hear that on the Whisper on the Winds? The Whisper just came in, Cult of Strife. Yeah, this looks really good. I actually think this is the best strategy in here. Uh, it's 100%. 2 CP for the non-Vanguard Rangers, but advance and charge on some very efficient melee units that mm. Admech have access to. That's, oh, as a Sisters player, I'm, I'm just like looking at this like, huh. <laughs> okay, so, so that so we are still keeping advanced and charge strategies of the game. Okay, that, yeah, that was. Yeah, I yeah. thought we weren't, but we are, and that's, just, that's totally yeah, fun. Yeah. No, no, no. You know what? But maybe, maybe the Art of Mario Lady stuff has it, right? <laughs> right. Um, uh, so what, where I'm really unhappy about this is the fact that they made it so you can't do it on vehicles. Because I was like, please give the dragoon something. Throw a bone to the dra- dra- dragoons because they this would have been a great enabler for them. You spend two CP. Oh, sorry, would have been, you would have spent three CP. One of them to have the auto advance six, and then they can still shoot their jails or or their phosphorus serpenter or whatever, and then they could make a charge. So they have to go sixteen inches and declare a charge. But no, you can't get let the dragoons have nice things. You're only allowed to have the only the taraxi, the hounds, and the the infiltrators, rust orcs allowed to have nice things. Um, and this, this is a massive enabler for them, isn't it? This just lets you sling. Yeah, this is, again, still a little situational. I think all four of these are situational stratagems, not just staples. But man, when you need to make a charge, uh, it's super good. Mm. Um, it is when you advance, you can roll the advance and immediately decide whether or not you're using it. So if you roll a one, you can run up the squad backwards and not use it. If yep. you roll high, you can go forward and uh, decide to use the stratagem. Um, it feels like very good value. Uh, two CP is a little costly, but again... Just remember, there are so many ways for Admic to decide that their stratagems do not cost as many command points mm-hmm. as it says they do, some of which are literally on this same page. Just on the, the same page. You know, yeah. See that Warlord trait? Um, and they all synergize exactly the way you'd expect, mm. where so, on the turn you decide to pop plus one to hit in combat, you might as well be that, that make that the turn that you're advancing and charging. Someone. Exactly right. Exactly right, dude. So back to that wall of trade there. Now we've got the co- the full context uh, for what it brings to the table. For my mind, this, mm-hmm. so this is the one you have to take. You have to take this one if you're taking this army of renown, yeah? I actually disagree. I think it's good. I don't think it's auto-take. Oh, I thought you actually had to take it. I thought it was one of the, the restrictions, the T's and C's. You don't have to actually oh, no, take no, no, this. No. You have to have a martial warlord. You oh. do not have to take this as your one trade. Oh, guys. No, no, they're... There Legit. are no restrictions here. Leave this one at home. You've got better ones. This is good, but you have uh, better. It is It is good. The thing is that you're paying minimum. You're paying ACP. It's, 
It's displacing. It's, it's minimum either you're it's de- de- displacing one you were going to buy for a CP, or you're paying a CP for it. So to my mind, you need to be able to guarantee you are getting two CPs worth of value from this, which means you need to guarantee you can line up two of those strats with two of those um, doctrinas. And they're all a little too situational. And, and that's the yeah. Do you agree? That's that's a, that's a that's how I sum up. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think you're going to safely get one of these cheaper. Yeah, but I don't think you're ever again. And also, these are all frankly the kind of situational strats that when you need it, you're going to do, you're going to take it no matter how many. Exactly. Exactly. I was about to say, exactly. when I, when I want to advance in charge, I'll pay three CP for it. Now I don't have to, because it's usually not that many, but uh, when that's what's required, that is what I will pay. And you'll budget it. You'll have it there. It'll be good to go. Yeah, I agree. I don't think this wall of trades actually is, is worth it unless you are an absolute savant and you can line up three of these, in which case that's two CPs worth of additional value to your army, which might be get you over a break point or a tipping point in a turn four situation in a clutch game or something. Um, Absolutely. But that's for you know that's for people to be decided. For the for the masses, for the us plebeians at home, I think you leave this one on the shelf. There's there's better. Um, all right, that I think that brings us to the end of the Skitari portion, the admin portions of this. Sure book. does. And while there wasn't actually that many rules, there was a lot to discuss. And when we talk about this stuff in the wider context in part two of what this brings to the table for Admech, I think this gets deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and freaking terrifying. Just putting it out there. Uh, but to your mind, give us a little bit of a rating. Give us give us a synopsis of how good you think this is for Admech players and how often you think we'll see this in armies and lists going forward. Um, I think this is A. It's not a plus, but it's definitely A. This is better rules than almost anyone gets, and it's good enough that you're going to take it. I think the majority of Admech lists are going to include this, but you don't have to pretend to be shocked when you don't see it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's definitely going to be popular. The Relic, especially, is amazing. The Relic to bump people into Doctrines almost is worth the points by themselves. I think overall that you're not paying much of a limit here. I think it's going to be worth your trouble most of the time. I agree. I think I'll see this. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if I see this in like 80, 90% of the lists uh, moving forward. I think it's just that, that good. That sounds right. I don't know and, if you're going to hit 90, but I, yeah. I think more than 50% Look, are going to do this. Well, all the, so yeah, competitive list wise, the stuff I'm seeing people take to advance, this enhances all the things everybody's already bringing. And for that reason alone, I think it, it's at the top of my mind for what I'm I'm going to be expecting to see. And then when I don't see it, I'm going to be, I'm going to have a little tingle of, oh, they, oh praise be. Praise be the Messiah. That was <laughs> my life. Life just got a little bit easier. Yeah, that's the thing is when you don't see it, you get to immediately be like, okay, so I can now predict a little bit easier where exactly they're going to be going with their, you know, their Sakarans. Or yeah. okay, at least I know that AP three and four is going to be taking them to that that six of safe. Exactly right. Um, all right, man. Let's let's jump over to the order of our martyred lady. Uh, let's have a cursory glance over here. There's, a, there's a, there is more pages to talk about here. We've got four pages of content for you guys because I actually have quite a few strats which I was impl- I was impressed to see. Now we'll see mm-hmm. how we'll see how good they are and have a bit of a discussion. The but, quantity uh, was definitely good. <laughs> man, there's some foreshadowing. Um, so pretty much this is what you expect from a supplement. You know, if you're taking our, our martyred lady, like you're taking Cult of Strife, you get this stuff in addition to everything you get from the Codex. Um, the first wall of trait here is what opens up with those at home. starts off with the wall of traits. There is three of them, the first one being saintly example. In addition to this wall of trait, uh, this warlord has one randomly generated warlord trait from the Adeptus Sororitas warlord traits. Uh, each warlord trait in your army must be unique, so re-roll duplicate results. So if you've already taken the good ones, you're pretty much going to be stuck with one of the bad ones. Um, but 
Let's see what the rest is. If this warlord is destroyed, you can immediately select another order of our Mighted Lady character model from your army that does not have a warlord trait. Select warlord trait uh, that has no model in that no model in your army has um, until the end of the battle. Sorry, uh, in brackets, this must be the warlord trait. Uh, the model you just selected can have and cannot be saintly example. So you can't choose this one for them. Until the end of the battle, that model gains of that warlord trait for all ruse purposes and counts as your warlord. If any mission objective, secondary objective, or agenda rules are triggered, but when your warlord is destroyed, those rules are not triggered until after this one is destroyed. So it's a little cute Alpha Legion thing. Um, I do not like that you have to randomly generate the warlord trait. If you could pick it, I think this would be much better as yeah. it is. I think everyone's already buying every wallet they want, every wallet trait they want to take pre-game, which I think is what makes this bad. Yeah. So the fact that it's random, and um, I was really, oh man, I was re- so I was really hoping that you wouldn't have to randomly generate it, and you just got to choose one because mm. then this would be cool. It's just nice. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, though, it, it literally is. Um, you you get a debuff to start because you don't choose your warlord trait, and mm-hmm. then you get a slight buff if your warlord is killed. And I get it, martyred lady's whole thing is uh you know it's kind of in the name, uh, but <laughs> just yeah, this is fine. It's not. I'm not writing home about this, and I'm probably never taking mm. it. You know that song is hit to be square. I feel like our, our martyred lady's uh, song for their thing is hip to be dead. They 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 really yeah, don't they, they uh, really don't uh, mind. They know they know what their thing is. Yeah, they yeah. they are comfortable with their own identity. <laughs> they know what they're doing. They know who they are, and they do not mind putting it in every single world. <laughs> Spot <laughs> on. All right, next one's yours. All right, Saint Catherine's Legacy. Uh, the Spirit of the Martyr's Sacred Rite is active for this warlord, in addition to any others that are active for your army. This warlord has the following ability. Uh, while friendly order of our martyred lady uh, unit has been six inches of this warlord, if the spirit of the martyr sacred right is active for your army or for that unit, each time you roll a d6 when a model in that unit is destroyed, the attacking model suffers a mortal one on five plus. So to be clear, uh, what that is, uh, that's the um, spirit of the martyr sacred right, is whenever a Sisters of Battle model is destroyed in melee, roll one dice on a six, you, tr- you inflict one mortal wound on the unit that destroyed you. So... Uh, so it's always active for the Warlord, which sounds great. You get a whole extra Sacred Rite, but they only die once, and you yep. make one six-up roll. However, yep. as an aura, um, this does mean that it's a five-up, because the Warlord will benefit from their own aura, it appears. Um, I don't see a core lock in there. So, okay, so when your Warlord dies on a five-up, you do a single mortal wound to the unit that killed you if it was in combat. And you do an aura of the same if this was your chosen Sacred Rite. If it wasn't the chosen sacred right, it does nothing. This is horrific. This is horrific. <laughs> if, if, this, if this happened, in, if this was the spirit of the martyr sacred right is active in addition to your current uh, thing within six inches of the warlord, and it was a five up, I would genuinely consider this. But I'm not replacing my sacred right, and I'm not pre-choosing my sacred right with this world trick. So if you don't have that sacred right as your chosen one, this warlord trait literally is when your warlord dies on a five up to one more wound if it was in combat mm. and it's raining on a tuesday yeah. um yeah and and if so you kind of feel forced you know you've got a sunk cost fallacy here do i then take the spirit of the martyr often it's very fluffy for a martyr yeah. this is a fluffy warlord trait yeah i'm uh, <laughs> i'm not seeing any value here pretty much 
this is this is bad. This next one though, Marta's strength. Uh, for each wound this warlord has lost, add one to his strength and attacks characteristic. I can see you buying that as your third warlord trait. I can see that being your third one if you were not playing Bloody Rose and you needed a punchy cannoness. I can see that being a thing. What do you think? Yeah, this is a well, this I, is a warlord trait that is not bad. Yeah, or the is it the, what's their what's their uh, chappy? Not the dialogus. Um, it is the dialogus? Is it? Yeah, yeah, dialog- oh, no, Dogmata. Is Dogmata, yeah. Yeah, yeah str- plus strength and attacks on the Dogmata, the punchy smash Mata. This could be this could be interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know if this is going to make the cut every time, but it is by far the most interesting of hmm. the Martyr Later Warlock traits. Not even a question. So there's an auto, ex- is there an auto-explode strat for sisters, or is it only for impulse uh, um, immolators? I can't it remember. Only for the emulator. Okay. Only Damn for it. the emulator. <laughs> I was like, you could do cute stuff blowing up your own vehicles to deal with mortal wounds because you got four wounds. Well, yeah, so you could, take, fact, you could take one D3 mortals with that die and then smash it on in with plus three strength, plus three attacks. I don't wanna I don't wanna spoil, you know, the fun here, but there are ways to inflict mortal wounds on your own characters later on, don't you? Don't you worry. Oh snap. Okay, we'll shelve this one. Cause this will actually actually I'm kind of excited about this one. Yeah. Because it's a way this one, of, this one is easily the 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 best yeah take and so out what, the grain of salt because the other two were not but uh this is the best i think and it's a way of simulating what you get from bloody rose without taking bloody rose which i'm always a fan for anything that diversifies the faction options like so that's the sub faction options i so, said yeah i don't mind this um all right uh what is on our next page it is uh the relics do you want to talk us, touch us with our first one brother absolutely so let's start off with the one that i wanted to talk about this is the Blade of Sacrifice. Uh, model equipped with a power sword only. This model, this relic replaces a power sword. It has the following profile. Uh, plus one strength, AP three, damage one. That sounds like a power sword. But wait, there's more. Each time the bearer is selected to fight, you can channel the bearer's soul. If you do, the bear, bearer loses between one or two wounds. Okay. And you cannot lose more than this model has remaining. If the bearer channeled their soul, then until that fight is resolved, each time an attack is made with this weapon, on a successful wound roll, the target suffers a number of mortal wounds equal to the number of wounds this model lost when channeling their soul, and the attacks you can sense. So, this is adorable, first of all. Wow! I'm a little impressed. I think I like I this. I feel like they, they should have just put the Blade of Sacrifice and... Um, and martyr strength. They should have just yep. made this one thing because you will not see one without the other. No, no way. Uh, did you just get you to choose? If you, want to lo- you just get to choose if you want to lose one or two wounds. Is that is that how I'm reading this? Yep, yep. You, you either lose one wound or you lose two wounds. These are huh. Your options. Huh. Okay. <laughs> yep. It's normally I would choose one. However, they have incentivized me great there. Yeah. So um, they, they really gave me a reason to lose more than one. This is really cute. So, you, how many attacks did you go up to? So, you can't take us on a dogma, dogmata. I don't think. I don't think the dogmata can no, take a power, power sword. sword. Yeah. Um. Uh. So a power sword means that you are going to be taking it on a palatine. Yeah. Um, not on a cannoness, even. I think I'm actually double checking now because I've never what. Once in my life, tried to take a power sword on a cannoness. I, I believe think that, she I can take. They a, just, I thought they just come. A cannoness just comes with a power sword. Uh, I think she comes with a chain sword and can replace with a power sword or a um, uh, yep. burning sword. So burning I, think, I think the palatine. I believe she can take a. Yeah. I think it can. Yeah, they, take a power sword. absolutely. They used to take the the um the super power sword all the time. That, but that that replaced that replaced a, uh, any sword, whatever it's called, a burning weapon. blade. Oh, okay. Yeah, it replaced something else. Hmm. Um, however, we're double checking now to make sure, just because. Good gosh, stuff. Be but so, uh, yeah, so the. You go. They can take a power sword. Yeah, they can yeah, take a power sword. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so theoretically, theoretically, how many attacks on a cannonist? Is they can start with four or five? So they start with four. Yeah. However, you're obviously not mar- you're not obviously not um, bloody rose. Uh, bloody rose. 
but you can have a priest theoretically make you five, but you're probably going to be four. Mm-hmm. If you have lost two wounds, specifically lost two wounds, you know, not that this might matter, yep. you uh, you will gain two attacks from that warlord trait. So you're looking at six, mm-hmm. and that's probably where you stop, but again, you could be seven if you happened to, uh, you know, just have that nice, uh, that priest nearby giving you plus one attack. And so then you would also go to, what, strength seven? Because you'd be, I don't know, so you go strength four, you'd be strength six. So strength six, strength six, six attacks, hitting on twos, winning at strength six. So ideally, you want yeah. to go into toughness three, and then in every two plus to wound, it's a mortal, right? Mm-hmm. And so if and, yeah, and every and every wound is two, is two mortals there. If you if you choose oh, to lose two wounds, yeah, you then do two wounds on each. So theoretically, this could put out twelve mortals. Yeah, also which I, do, is I think adorable. it's it's got better than average to do eight mortals, right? And then it just yeah. kind of spikes now, up from there, yeah. What would really be nice is if there was a way to give like two warlord traits for a model. Uh, cough, cough. Put a pin in that. Um, <laughs> where you could take the the other warlord trait that lets you reroll hits and wounds. Oof. Okay. And then she could just that go, would really that would really help the odds. And then and you know what you can even do more because uh of course if you roll a six to hit you get two hits if you have yeah. that sacred write up yeah because you are not taking spirit of the martyr. I'm no sorry. No freaking like, way. If you want to pour my heart out for you, but you're not doing it. Like please don't. This is very. That's a very good little combo right there. Um, that's, I'm a fan. That's pretty cool. The I only, like that one. only thing that I think this runs into is the fact that I see most lists taking Celestine, who still is still better than this. I see a lot of people taking Morven Vile, still better than this. Arguably, they're both triple, quadruple the cost of this guy, um, but they do a lot more than just being a bead stick that gives reroll ones to hit. Um, so yeah, look, I actually. I really like this. I really like this combo. I think it's going to be good. This, I'd, be, I'd be very happy to see. If someone brought this against me and I, they told me about it with like a big smile on their face, I'd have to give them a high five. And go, you go, champ. You go. Yeah, I hope I'd be, pays out. This is, this is trolly enough that I would think about it. Honestly. 100%. I, I am not, it is not out of the question. All right, next um, one up. Next one up. Uh, Helm of the Fiery Heart. Once per battle, uh, before making a saving throw, uh, this relic saintly blessings can be active. If they're activated until the end of the phase, the bearer has a two plus invulnerable save. And this invulnerable save can never be re-rolled. So once per battle, you just go, I will not die this phase. Um, not tragically horrible, but again, no, I think, Shadowfield. Yeah, it crosses purpose a little bit. I find that it's interesting that that these ones cross purpose a lot with what I believe is just like the mechanic that they have built into their army being Miracle dice. Miracle dice can just emulate uh, having, you know, deciding you're not going to yeah. die this turn. Um, but yeah, yeah, what do you think of this? What do you think? It, it's fine. It's a good defensive relic. If I'm being honest, uh, between like the surplus of Saint Estela and the iron surplus, no, nah, there, there's there's two different. I, I lose the names. I'm sorry. There's at least two different relatively good defensive relics that can be taken in mm-hmm. the Generic Sisters Codex. This one is not bad. Like uh, we're talking to two of them here. Yeah, that is good. Yeah, yeah. And you can use a miracle ice on that invul. That is good. That However, is it is still just, you know, a two up invul for one phase. And after that phase, you're a normal sister defensive profile. And if you need to survive one phase, I feel like sisters have ways to do that. Like yeah. just sucking it up, dying and spending two CP after the fact. That's what I was about um, to say. You're probably spending a CP to take this one when you could just put that CP in your bank and then drop yeah, two. Yeah, this, this, this is not this is not going to be your free relic. I'll tell you that. Yeah, hundred percent. This is not the one you just decide to take for free. All right, what's next? All right, next up we have the Scepter of Vengeance. This is a Dogmata model only, so this is very specific. It is uh, strength <laughs> times two. It is strength uh, times two, AP two, damage two. 
Yeah. And each time an attack is made with this weapon against a Tyranid unit, add one of that attack's <laughs> wound roll. So let's uh, just just to make sure we're on the same page here. Allow me to clarify that the normal yeah. weapon that a Dogmata issued is issued with is strength plus two, AP two damage two. So mm-hmm. what this gives you is strength times two instead of plus two. However, this is on a strength three model. So it's giving so you plus it's one strength. Just, it's plus it three strength, strength five instead of plus two. Yeah. It goes from just from strength five to strength six for the cost of a relic slot, and it it's good against tyrants. <laughs> this is the Lenin killer. This is the bane of John. Yeah, this is the, this. You know what? If, if someone takes this at a point in my life where I'm back on tyrants because they got viable rules, you should concede. Should just, I'm putting it out I'll, there. He has to concede. Honestly, Duty I'll, bound. I'll, I'll buy the drink. Like I'll, <laughs> I'll throw the game. I don't know. I don't even know what I'll do. Um, and if you do, please have brackets Lenin Killer next to the Dogmata. Uh, if absolutely. You, if you do those three things, I will, I will send you an Art of War jumper, T-shirt, something. You give, show me yeah. the evidence that that happened and that John at least bought you a drink, and I will send you uh, some kind of merch. You're a champion legend in my book. Absolutely. Uh, and this is fine. This is a very fluffy... I didn't actually know that the Order of the Martyr Lady hated Tyranids, but apparently they do. So um, yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, there is actually there is actually a uh, fluff for this. The Scepter of Vengeance was once wielded by St. Praxidus of Ophelia, of Ophelia 8 to smite the swarms of High Fleet Kraken. It is a big and heavy mace. It's had a wreath in cleansing flames. It leaves a trail of fiery sparks as it swings through the air. That's cool. That's cool. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a mace that they hit Tyranids with once, yeah, so it's now a, it's a relic. It's a, it's the, it's a, mean, bu- it's a sister's bug it, whacker. Yeah. It's a sister's bug whack, whacker. Yeah. Uh, it's a fly swatter. I mean, it's <laughs> cool. It's just... As far as fluffy like weapons go, it's not that unique. Um, I, I never really like those fluffy weapons that only work on one faction anyway. Every book has them. It just feels a little bit worse here because there's only four relics. So having one of them, like, like when you've got like a, a full spread of two pages of like 16 relics and one of them is garbage, it doesn't feel bad because uh, you know, you've got 15 others to look at. Just keep reading, right? When there's only four, it stings a little bit more. So I'm a little saltier about it, honestly. I shouldn't be, but here we are. Yeah, I agree. Um, so next up, we've got an Imagify Relic. Uh, pretty much, just summing it up, once per game, you get a 6-inch aura plus one attack. Uh, yes, that that's, sums that up pretty much. Are people taking Imagifiers anymore? Oh, this one is called the um, Candela Scroll, by the way. Uh, so yeah, you just take it on an Imagifier, and it gives a once per game. Unveil the scroll. Everybody attack more better, and they will attack more better in a 6-inch aura. Um, but they mate, what certainly do you think will attack more better. Um, you know what? Mildly annoying here is that it's a, again, I hate to be a downer. Um, I, I promise it's not my default setting. However, <laughs> it is at the start of your command phase, yeah. which means that you don't get to do it reactively. Yes. Like if you, if you, you don't get to make like, a, so ultimate, a lot of, honestly, a lot of armies have a similar relic to this, an aura plus one attack once a game. Most of them are at the beginning of the fight phase. And the fact that this isn't, is just. It's not the biggest deal, but it's a little bit worse than it could have been. So what happens that what what John's meaning is that you don't get the knowledge of forethought of knowing that you've made charges that the CP you've spended or the miracle dice you've invested in have gotten you a return, um, an automatic return. Yeah. Or that you have this Imagifier, she made the the appropriate advance rolls to maximize the aura, or or hell, she made it through the command phase. Maybe she got blown up by a vehicle that died or something. Um, and so you just kind of 
you know, one time, you, if you take this one time in three, you're going to waste it on like one, only one unit gets its benefits rather than being able to truly maximize it. Or like you realize that your shooting did well and you no longer need it. Exactly it's right. It's a little hard to call yeah. your shot. So I, yeah. it's not bad. Plus one no, attack is fine. It's not it's bad on, if this was on any character, I think I would actually take it. Um, yeah. However, because it's on an Imagifier who is probably the least useful of the sister's characters, I'm a little hesitant. But maybe, maybe you still take it purely as a... Uh, because you can do plus one strength and plus one attack. Yeah. Plus one strength is a default. And then you get plus one attack once a game as well. And that does definitely help Martyred Lady in mm. a counterpunch role. Where yeah. if it's a turn where you know you need to hit someone hard and you can call your shot like that, this that is a pretty good character. Mm. Um, you're absolutely right. It's not though. great we, if you don't need it. I see the Imagifier in just like every second list pretty much. And now the, the Dialogue just has really taken its slot, hasn't it? Yeah, the Dialogist and the Dogmata have uh, yeah. have filled, have taken that role away from her quite convincingly. All um, right. So jumping over to our stratagems, we have we actually have a couple here, so we're going to smash through them. Uh, first one is Vengeance for Armageddon. I can pour one out there for our good old Steel Legion, uh, Sandy boys. Um, use this stratagem in the fight phase when an order of our martyred lady unit from an army is selected to fight until the end of the phase each time a model in that unit makes a melee attack against an orc unit you can re-roll the hit roll this thing is pretty valueless but it's nice to have isn't that true um so my biggest objection here is that sisters have a one cp stratagem to re-roll hits in combat in mm -hmm. their codex already it requires you within six inches of a priest otherwise it costs two cp so it it's not quite the same. However, it feels very close to a stratagem that already exists. Yeah. And now I get it. You can use it at the same time. So you can have two different units reroll a hit against orcs. Hmm. But again, like you already have Zealot on a bunch of units. You have access to rerolls to hit in combat. You have a stratagem to give you rerolls to hit in combat. Mm -hmm. And now you have a stratagem to give you hit rerolls in combat against orcs. And okay. I really wish this was to reroll to wound. I wish it was two CP yeah. and it was reroll to wound, and then it would two be two CP reroll to wound, or yeah. one, or keep it the same, make it shooting or combat. It is yep. just fight phase. However, um, it feels like when you compare it to what already exists for the army, it does not provide anything new, even into yeah. orcs. It's yeah. a fluffy thing that when you use it, it's like, yeah, well, I can actually already do this, but I'll just use a different name this time. Yeah, exactly right. All right, what's next? All right, next up, we do have Zealous Death Witch, 1 CP. You destroy him in the fight phase when an Order of Armada Lady from your army is selected to fight. Each time a model in that unit makes a melee attack against a unit that contains at least five or more models than the attacker's unit when it was selected to fight, add one to that attack's hit roll. For the purpose of the strategy, vehicle models each count as five models. So, pick an Order of Armada Lady unit, hit something bigger than you, plus one to hit. I don't mind it at all. I think that's fine. I don't mind that one yeah. CP, perfectly good. This would be bad for two CP. It's situational, but it's only one CP. And when it comes up, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm quite happy with it's that. I think that's, cool. a, that's a nice little toolbox strat. Um, yeah, I absolutely no objection to this. This is this is a good strategy. Mm. I like next, it. Next up, Pious Machine Spirit, 1CP. Use the strategy in your command phase. Select one order of our lady vehicle model from your army that has a wound characteristic of 10 or more. Till the start of your next command phase, that model is considered to have its full wounds remaining for the purposes of determining what characteristics are on its profile. So 1CP, act at full. Cute, nice. I can't really think of a vehicle I'd want to have in a, in a, in a, sorry, a top-tier sister's army right now. 
apart from maybe maybe a rhino moving to get line breaker or something that yeah. would that it's wouldn't only have made one otherwise. cp it's yeah. only one cp which is one of the things that i really like here um i agree this is not something you're going to need often but maybe just maybe castigators i was about to say bad. i was about to take it back because i know quite a few gentlemen uh gentlemen like brandon grant was on even on this show saying that he quite likes the idea of a single castigator in a lot of lists um because you just need something of that ilk to keep people honest at times uh so yeah i don't mind it no i, I definitely do not mind it at all um it's one of those things where you know unfortunately the order of the martyred lady um vehicles don't really benefit from the doctrine because they never lose take casualties uh, just, you know, by definition, they do not take any casualties. So I get it. Uh, it's a nice buff to vehicles that otherwise won't get a buff for being murdered lady. I'm fine with that. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't feel particularly exciting. Um, but, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, yeah, let's uh, move on to that next one. So Rejoice the Fallen. Use a stratagem at the end of your opponent's shooting phase. Select one order of our... Oh, this is 2CP. I'm sorry. Use the stratagem at the end of your opponent's shooting phase. Select one order of our martyred lady unit from your army that was not below half strength at the start of this phase, but which is now below half strength. That unit can shoot as if it was your shooting phase. So it's a two CP shoot twice, except instead yeah. of shooting at the end of your shooting phase, it's at the end of your opponent's shooting phase if you have met a very unique requirement. So theoretically, the way I, in my brain, I automatically think of getting value out of this would be have a 10 man unit of retributors. Yes. In, in cover, I think the and then have the absolutely yeah yeah yeah, and then you lose yep. half the unit and get to shoot the multi melters yep. for two CP. Look, it's not bad for two CP for a shoot twice. Yeah. It's actually quite a unique thing to get a shoot twice at all these games, especially shoot twice in your opponent's phase when you can see where they apply trying to apply pressure, react to it. But the T's and C's, a uh, bit yuck, bit yuck. Yeah, this is um. This is a difficult one to qualify for. I mean, the and I am being perfectly literal here. The best thing that can happen is your opponent shoots at 10 retributors and kills six of them. Yes. That is the that is what you are praying for. Very specifically, your opponent looks at your army and this is what happens. <laughs> and that feels very unlikely to materialize. Feels like it's going to end up being 2 CP to shoot a few special weapons. Yeah, the you can you can take ten. Yeah. You can take ten dominions in a unit, can't you? You can take ten dominions. You can so you can take twenty battle sisters and put two meltagun, two multi melters, and two meltaguns into it, and a carry cool. melter. But what I was um, what I was getting at is, if you took ten dominions, um, you could lose half of them and then use the mortal wound strat, the blessed bolt strat, in your opponent's shooting phase. You know what? I'm going to go read the strat because actually that's a fair call. I believe the stratagem is just used in the shooting phase, but I'll go ahead and check just in case yeah. GW future-proofed a little bit. Future-proofed it because that could be um, that could be quite sexy. Um, that, that really could quite sexy. Be, that could be quite sexy. You know what? You you actually have my interest here. So I'm <laughs> pulling up. I've got my uh, my normal book. Uh, uh, yeah, sorry. Blessed bolts. Your shooting phase. Not balls. Damage. Uh, it, it was that was a good effort. That was a good effort. That was, was, a, good effort. was a fair. Oh, that was a fair. I'll, fair I'll, I'll give you an audit. It's a great pitch. Good, good curveball. All right. But apart from that, I feel like this is way too hard to wield. When you got the opportunity to use it, you're going to be very happy you had it, but you cannot build around this at all. Um, as soon no. as your opponent knows you've got it and you've got a unit of 10 retributors, you're like, I'm charging that. <laughs> Stop shooting it. Unless they've all got heavy flamers, charge, 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 charge. Um, 
I will just punch them to death rather than try to pick them away. If, I'm, if I can't yeah. guarantee their death. Well, they the can also just shoot it and not kill half of it. Or they can oh, shoot to the point and, where I'm no longer willing to spend two CP like, on it. Exactly, like they, exactly. They have, they have choices here. Well, a, a, a question for you, value assessment. Would you spend two CP to, to shoot three multi-melters? I definitely don't think you spent two CP to shoot two multi-melters unless you had like a knight with four wounds left. Um, but yeah, like at what point does the two C, is the two CP worth it? And what is it only multi-melters worth shooting? Or would you shoot heavy flamers? Um, I would shoot heavy flamers. At the, I, I mean, I would shoot a bolt gun at a one wound guy on an objective if mm-hmm. I thought that was going to win me a game. However, that is the right. That is the, that is the correct answer for those following along at home. But keep going. Um, yeah, it doesn't feel like I'm going to want this often. I feel like a lot of people are going to forget this exists because it's so going to come up so yeah. few times. My and, biggest thing is that I, I feel like what, what's honestly going to happen, and I think the best use of this strategy, honest to God. Is that people are going to play against my Order Martyr Levy in this theoretical world where I'm bringing Order Martyr Levy. And uh, they're going to be like, oh, wow, you're actually using the supplement. What does that do? And I'm just going to kind of hand up the book real quick. Mm-hmm. And they're going to, I'm like, here, this is what my, like, my Candace does a bunch of mortal wounds in combat if I, if I do damage to her. Oh. And then, um, and then also here are my stratagems. Okay. So that's all I'm taking. Fully- and they're going to read this mm-hmm. one and they're going to be like, oh, so I shouldn't kill exactly half of your retributor squad. Yeah. Got it. And they're going to overcommit to the last retributor, even though I was never going to use the strat anyway. Follow me into the jank tank for a moment. Um, okay. Let's say you took, because it's half strength, half strength. So you're actually better yeah. off taking an eight-man retributor unit than taking a 10-man. Because then you only need four guys to die rather than whatever. Um, but when well, You need this specific number because you need exactly four to die. But if you had done... Um, you know, if you did more or less than that, you need exactly oh, six. It's below nine. half strength. It's not at half it's strength. Below half strength. So yeah. you want seven. So I think yeah. I think nine. Yeah. I think nine, nine is actually the Yeah. So what I was gonna say is you put, you know, nine dominions. Let's let's say the dominion thing worked. Let's say you put all you put all melter guns on your dominions. Scat your dominions up, put them right in your opponent's face, get get mm-hmm. the rhino killed, use the strat that made you lose guys on ones and twos, and use miracle dice to make sure you lose enough dudes. Uh, then you can't use miracle ice. I guess you can use miracle ice to lose some, uh, or you can you can lose a couple on the disembark and try to use miracle ice to keep a few alive. Yeah. So you can't use miracle ice on the the dying from yeah. the transport or, part. Or you use like you use miracle dice when people shoot bolt guns at you. It just use ones and twos to make sure the right amount of guys die in your sequence, and then you. But then bang, what? I, I spend all this effort I, I to get to that exact number. That's what <laughs> the, the caveat. Follow me into the jank tank for a poor story. And then they stop shooting me as <laughs> yeah. soon as they've gotten they me to the right spot. Okay. And then you got to rely on your opponent just literally having zero comprehension about what's about to happen, <laughs> in order to like yeah. pull this little trap card out that you've been sitting on for probably three years waiting for this exact scenario. Bang! Uh, then you'll be a happy boy. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Next up, we have Traders Pyre. Um, one CP. You just strategy him. You're shooting phase. Select an order of Armadillity infantry unit from your army that is within engagement range of one or more enemy units to the end of the phase. The type of all flamer units and models in this unit are equipped with a change to pistol. Uh, an assault D6 flamer becomes assault D6, just for an example. After this unit has resolved its attacks, roll one D6 for each model in that unit that fired all of, uh, fired a flame weapon. Uh, for each roll of a one, though of those models in the unit. Uh, can shoot again with its flame weapon, but after the second shooting attack resolved, and whether it's shot or not, the model is destroyed. So I'm just going to read that again. After this unit has resolved its attacks, roll 1d6 for each model in the unit that fired a flame weapon. For each roll of a 1, one of those models can shoot again with its flame weapon, but after its 
done essentially overheats and it's just it's just destroyed not even takes a mortal wound it's just destroyed uh this seems pretty cute but once again very hard to wield yeah this is an utterly unreliable so if they made it a guarantee uh sure however i think the most flame weapons you can ever get in a sister's unit is five i am not yep. aware of any ways to get more than is five that, flamer weapons in one unit is that a 20 man sister's unit one or or retributors yeah yes. um retributors or dominions get four and a sergeant commie flamer or hand flamer can seraphim take and seraphim can't take any more than the, the two sisters can they even take they can only only two only two really I, I i swear my i swear i had a guy who had four of them with two flamers each but never mind um might be might, ah, change, yeah, another thing. might have changed in the decks anyway um i i can't see how you're ever going to use this what are you going to do you're going to put Put, uh, I feel like this should be a zero command point driver. <laughs> Honestly, like if you are good enough to make this work, you deserve those free hits. Go for you, son. Um. <laughs> well, well, the best thing you can do is shoot five girls with flamers, and all five have flamers. They're all fiber in range. Yep. And then you spend this one CP not to shoot twice, but to roll five dice. And if you roll oh. a one, you get one d6 extra shots and lose a girl. Yep. Like yeah. it's two C so the, the standard trade across most codexes is two command points shoots a unit twice. Mm -hmm. If this was a four plus, I would look at it. Yeah. But it's one CP to at best have an expected value of still less than one. So the only T's and C's. You have a more than 50% chance of doing literally nothing, nothing. with the stratagem. Yeah. And a slightly worse than 50% chance of getting D6 extra hits and losing a model. So the only ways I see this being really good is if you've got a you've got your, you know, four heavy flamer retributor unit, they've charged you with a meaningless unit just to lock yeah. you up and stop you from shooting 10 guardsmen. And you want yeah. you want this unit to do stuff at a turn of the game one day. And so you spend the CP, shoot Absolutely. yourself, shoot yourself out of shoot yourself out of uh, thing. And on, on those terms, pistol is cool. It, it, on those pistol terms, cool. it makes sense. But for everything else, it's just not going to be a thing, is it? Yeah, the, the shoot the shoot twice mechanic here is incredibly useless. It's, and the one CP yeah. the one CP to to shoot his pistol is nice. But I, I feel obligated right now to point out that sisters of a one CP fall back and shoot. <laughs> Uh, so, so you have to be like, wrapped. you have to be wrapped if you trapped. get trapped by witches yeah. in combat yeah. those flame they're never going to see it coming nah. but man like honestly two if they had just given us two cp shoot every flamer in the unit twice and then roll a dice and on a one you lose the model that would be cool right oh, i like shooting more flamers yeah and you know flamers are sometimes a little undervalued right now i'd love to see a little extra value tossed their way um i think they should ignore cover they should ignore light cover i think you know yeah yeah well i mean retributors at least do at uh, least exactly yeah this I is just, this is piss it's it's a pistol is nice when you hit that very specific situation <laughs> exactly but 90 percent right. of the times that you all right 80 percent of games this doesn't come up mm. in the 20 percent 80 percent of those situations are equally solved by falling back and shooting yeah spot on so 20 percent of the 20 percent being pistols is really what you need and that's and for one CP, that's great. You get to shoot a unit that you weren't going to get to shoot. Otherwise, flamers in combat with the kind of units that trap you, aka witches, are devastating. Mm, especially because this is Cult of Strife has ignore Overwatch as well, so they're going to come and they're going to charge those guys. So yeah, yeah. I, on, on on that one, this is sick. <laughs> on that on that game, this is sick. And you tell your opponent all about it. You literally wave this strat in their face and just be like. Don't freaking charge me! Don't do it. And then they actually, then they just kill you. And then, however, if they charge you and kill you, 
I think that there is one last uh, stratagem specifically for you. Dude, explain. All right, death before disgrace. One command point. You know, at least a couple of these are one CP. Um, use a stratagem at the start of your movement phase. Select one order of our martyr lady infantry or order of our martyr lady paragon warsuit unit from your army. Uh, oh, hold on. Did I skip the? Oh, hold on. There, there are more stratagems after this. I'm sorry. Yes, yeah, uh, that's all good. All right. So this is this is not the stratagem I was referencing, but this is still going on. Until the start of your next movement phase, that unit cannot fall back. That unit has the objective secured ability uh, from the Warhammer 40 tip. Uh, core book, if that unit already has a big secret ability, then it counts as double models. So, sorry, I was thinking this. there's a different stratagem that'll come up for the uh, the doing stuff on death. Yeah. But one CP obsec this is for paragons sick. or infantry. This is This sick. is cool. This is good. This, this is, is amazing. This is a good, this mm. is a good stratagem. No complaints. I wouldn't have minded if it was command face, just so that I could use it before I scored my primary. But, you know what? This is well, still pretty good. the benefits here is you can use it after you've seen your advanced rolls, is the benefit, yeah. Um, uh, it's a start. Start. Uh, of your balls. Yeah. Start. So it's literally the worst time. It's, uh, literally yeah, the worst. The, the timing. The timing is the worst. But obsec for one CP has value. Absolutely. This is really cool. For I'm going to go try to contest the objective. Mm. You can do this on a character because it's any infantry or paragon. It doesn't have to be core. Does not have to be core. Yep. So you can use it on a character. You can use it on a Zephyrim squad or a Seraphim squad. Yeah. This is a. I'm a little annoyed, but it is a good stratum. I think it's amazing. It well, I, as soon as you said Seraphim, Zephyrim, deep strike them down, make an auto charge. You may, yeah. Oh, sorry, they're not on the board until the end of the movement phase. You oh, cannot use the stratum. Uh, stop ruining yeah. all my jank, GW. Stop foreseeing uh, Adam's jank the, and ruining it. But yeah, the, yeah, the timing yeah. is inconvenient, but it's still a good strike. Obsec, very good when you need it. It's going to come up more often than some of the other uh, more niche stratagems that we talked about here. Agreed. So I like it more. And it's also, it's only one CP. Um, that is my favorite part, is that I think of the six stratagems we've covered so far, five of them are one CP. Yep, yep, exactly right. And the exact opposite of what we saw with the ad, the Admech ones, were all three, two. Exactly. Yeah. Those Admech were very expensive, mm. but very good. Yeah. These are a little mediocre, but at least they're very, That's very cheap. cheap. You can sprinkle, sprinkle, sprinkle. I, this is my favorite one so far. <laughs> having having Obsec on demand for one CP, it seems, mm. seems good, right? Just seems good. Yeah. All right, we have two more strats to talk about. Uh, this first one is Armada's Duty, one CP. You just stratagem in any phase when an order for Armada Lady core unit from your army is selected as the target of an attack. Till the end of that phase, each time an attack, uh, sorry, each time a model in this unit is destroyed, roll 1d6 on a 4+. plus. Do not remove the destroyed model from play. It can, after the attacking model's unit has finished making its attacks, either shoot with one of its ranged weapons, as if it were your shooting phase, or make one attack with one of its melee weapons, as if it was your fight phase. When resolving these attacks, your model is considered to have one wound remaining. If the Spirit of Marta's Sacred Rite is active for your army or for that unit, resolve these attacks before resolving that Sacred Rite's effect. After resolving these attacks, destroyed units are then removed. Uh, I like this. I like it. For one CP, I think it's good, especially if you know you're going to take a pounding one turn and you need to get a bit of efficiency back. Uh, what do you think, mate? Um, yeah, this is um, this is pretty good. This is where I was talking about doing stuff on death, um, where if someone murders a unit, uh, I think that this is much better than the 2CP shoot with half the squad. Mm. Instead, this is 1CP, half the models that die shoot. Yeah, yep. Um, if you have a Hospitaller and they're chipping you, you can pull the important models have them die, try to get a couple cheeky multi-mouth mm. shots or heavy flamer shots out of it. And then, of course, you can immediately go right back to it and be like, all right, well, now I'm going to heal it back. Exactly um, right. So this this is, a, I think, one of the better stratagems in here because, you know, they weren't all going to be hit. They weren't all going to be misses. This is a good stratagem. 
Uh, this, it's yeah. an Astartes banner for one CP. Yeah. And an Astartes banner is not the kind of thing that Space Marines players bring because they want it in every game. But if I could pay a CP to have that effect in half of my games, I would do that mm. frequently. Yeah, I agree. This is I... good. This is good for that. Because if you're also your opponent has to respect it, where all of a sudden it's like, okay, I want to shoot these retributors, but now my incubi don't want to be within 12 inches of any retributors that I plan to shoot. Yep. Exactly right. And, oh, and I'm unlikely to kill four his the four multi-melters he's bought. He's likely going to be shooting back with two of those multi-melters, and I just exposed three out of my five raiders. And that and that's a whole raider that just yeah, is getting exploded. Exactly right. There are this is a really cool strategy. Dude. And I, this is just, and it, it plays in the murdered lady. Like mm. a lot of this stuff is I'm sorry, I cut you off there. Um uh, a lot of this stuff is fluffy. This is the good kind of fluffy. This is fluffy I like because it makes your opponent reconsider mm. things. It's cheap. It's not amazingly good, but it, it's cheap for what it does, and it can be very useful in situations, and it keeps your opponent on your toes. This yeah. is a strategy I really like from the new This class. is a near bread and butter strat for me. This is a bread and butter strat that I think everyone should know about. Well, uh, I think I'm going to load up on special weapons in Murder yeah, Lady, exactly. and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to slam the stratum down mm-hmm. five times a game. Ex- ex- dude, I was about to say, dude, you can do it ten times a game, because you do a shooting phase and fight phase, but fight phase is a lot, is a lot more situational. Um, can you use a Miracle Dice to get that four plus? You cannot. I didn't think so because that would be cannot, that would be the absolute save damage. Oof, that would be the I, cherry. That'd be top. crazy. Yeah. However, here, here's some here's some jank for you from uh, from the the team that brought you noise marines. <laughs> is that casualties are casualties are pulled one at a time, mm-hmm. and engagements are determined huh, by the time you're shooting. So if you theoretically have five uh, ranch peters and incubi charging, and they kill all five, shock off. Uh, the first two that are engaged with Incubi, theoretically, you pull those, you roll the dice on a four plus, they either do one punch yep. or they shoot their bolt pistol. However, if you pull those two first, you may notice that the rest of the yes. units in the squad are no longer engaged and now can shoot normal multi-melters or heavy flamers. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's those so, those those things where and yeah. those little interactions just add so much power to a strat like this. Um, this yes. this makes me excited for Martyr Lady. Uh, nothing up until this point, apart from the little cute character jank, actually got me excited. Between the on-demand obsec and this, I think that you can build, you can build into this now. Um, the uh, the obsec on demand means you can the the shackles are off. You can build a list that doesn't have to have five or six units of battle sisters in it. Because um, all of a sudden your your um your dominions are obsec on demand. Your seraphim, your zephyrim, your hell, everything's obsec on demand essentially. Uh, so yeah, a big fan. Yeah, I'm not taking much besides infantry anyways. Uh, yeah, exactly two right. Rhinos. Yeah, but the the obsec is great. A uh, martyr's duty feels like the best stratagem in the supplement so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is one more, however, which I will, of course, read out to you. And that is Exemplar of the Order, 1CP, keep the theme consistent here. Use a stratagem after nominating an Order of our Martyr Lady model, excluding any characters, to be your Warlord. That model gains one additional Warlord trait. This must be from the Order of our Lady Warlord trait table. Each Warlord trait must be unique, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. You can only use a stratagem once. So like I mentioned, you can use this to get a second Warlord trait on your specific Warlord. So if you really want to, you can take a Canonist, Yep. With the power sword, the relic power sword, the plus two attacks if you've taken two wounds, as well as strength, and you can give her reroll all hits and wounds in combat. Pretty saucy. Pretty saucy. That's that's pretty good. That actually that takes your odds of um of like especially if you have exploding sixes up, mm-hmm. you actually are gonna do about 14 wounds to a T3 unit. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty legit. That's, that's a, dude. That's, that's good. That's Drakari. That's, good right that's a Drakari problem solver right there. That um, that that girl 
absolutely murders witches by herself. Yeah, man. I was about to say. She's Skitari by herself. Yuck. Oh, That's of course. Really every mortal wound would, would kill two every rangers. Two, yeah, yeah, every wound really is nice. just two rangers. This is a really... That toolbox character, I'll admit, it's a little situational. But you know what? That's good enough for me to put it in. I think I it like is. That. I think it is. I think that's one of the major buy-ins. I think, that's good enough to I think it's one of the major buy-ins for Martyr Lady. On that note, that brings us to the end of the review portion of this. We've gone over all the uh, the strats, all the relics, everything that you get, what you give up, and we've talked about them as a, at a cursory level, what we think is good, what we think is bad. And now we're going to go into in part two, go into the really getting your teeth stuck into how to wield these things and how to build lists around them and how to play them on the table. Um, John, but John, give us your overall rating so far. How good was this book for Imperium? How good was this? How and how good was this for sisters? Yeah. So uh, starting off with um, Admech, this is, in my opinion, a solid A. Mm. It's not an A plus, not for lack of trying. It has plenty of good rules. But there's a couple of things in there that are the trade-off is not immediately obvious whether or not it's worth it. You do have to spend points on this, unlike other armies of renown, which is fine because the opportunity cost is basically zero. However, you do pay points for it. So the opportunity cost is different than what other armies of renown. Mm. Still very good. I think we will see it in more than 50% of Admech armies, if I were to take a, a wild stab in the dark. Um, the sisters, I'm going to give this like a B minus. Yeah. It, doesn't... it is not bad. Hmm. It makes Martyred Lady better. It's not amazing. And it still, in my opinion, does not make Martyred Lady one of the two best orders. However, I am willing to put our Martyred Lady on the table, which is something I haven't done yet. To try this out. Yeah. This is not so bad that I look at it and, and I'm like, I'm not even going to put this on the table and try it. I'm going to play a game uh, in actually two days after recording where I will attempt to uh, uh, put Martyr Lady on the table. I'm going to try to bring as much Martyr Lady as I can, see how it works out for me, and we will kind of work from there and see how it goes. Easy done, man. Um, well, on that note, we might wrap this one up because I echo your statements. I think the AdMech portion is... Yeah, like I said, I expect to see it <laughs> very much more than half the time. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if I don't see the Order of Martyred Lady half the time, though. Like if, uh, so thereby, there's going to be some specific builds that come out of this. What John has been talking about, the ability to really min-max out all your heavy and special weapons does make our Martyred Lady really attractive. But then again, the same that same army also is Argent Shroud, and that's, we're waiting on a ruling of that to see if that is what people think it is and how it's to be interpreted. But anyway, we'll move over and record some uh, bits on part two. We're going to write some lists using these things. We're going to talk about their pros and cons, their strengths and weaknesses, and go into some matchups. Uh, but John, anything you'd like to plug or mention before we close this out? Hey, as always, I'd love to, love to plug the rest of art of war if you listen to the podcast i hope you've heard of the art of war uh if not how why i have so many <laughs> questions uh come check out um the uh, main art of war podcast hosted by myself and tim Penny, where we interview a bunch of top players about their lists and uh how well they did at events and what makes their armies tick as well check us out on youtube we stream uh between you know uh paint streams and uh just normal games we stream monday through thursday at 1 p.m eastern time on youtube every uh four times a week and uh, of course, check out the Art of War War Room. And you know what? If you uh, if you do not want to give me a single one of your hard-earned dollars, I don't blame you. Come listen to me on Florida Man 40K. It is completely free. You can hear me talk with some of my fellow uh, friends from uh, the state of Florida where we talk about uh, our lives, 40K. It's actually <clears> mostly 40K. Uh, but we, we approach 40K from all angles on Florida Man 40K. So uh, come hang out with... Uh, Nice, relaxed, chill out to your podcast. Love it. Love your work, John. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you so much to all the patrons, everybody who continues to support this show. You guys are absolutely fan-freaking-tastic. And hopefully you'll come over and join us on part two. Take care, John. Thank you so much again. And we'll see you later, guys.
Thank you for listening to Art of War Down Under, a content review podcast for Warhammer 40K, hosted by Adam Camilleri, produced by Seamus Ronan. Enjoyed the show? Want your lists reviewed and the content you heard put into practice? Sign up to our Patreon and connect with us online or on Facebook. Just search for Art of War Down Under, signing out from tomorrow.